Uh, I want to welcome those who are also joining us online this morning. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to be up here and join with you. Um, you know, my name is James. I, I serve here on staff as our family ministries pastor, and uh, it's just a privilege to be able to, to be here with you uh, and to have all of our kids upstairs with us as well. Uh, before we get into uh, today's message, though, I just want to uh, stop for just a moment and say thank you uh, to Living Water. Thank you to our church. Thank you to our family. Um, you know, over the uh, past uh, f- few months, uh, my family's gone over uh, quite a transition. Um, you know, Mike Bongo talked a couple weeks ago about um, how blessed we are to have a church family that uh, loves and takes care of each other, uh, but also reaches out to our community. And uh, my family experienced that in great ways over the last three months. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, my wife Stacy um, on February 9th was rushed to the hospital uh, from a cardiologist appointment uh, to have emergency heart surgery. Um, she was following up on uh, an event that uh, occurred, um, you know, could have occurred any place, um, you know, as we hiked through all kinds of places uh, around the United States, uh, but got allowed uh, it to happen at the Hero Run in Swadera Township on a Sunday with all kinds of uh, emergency personnel and stuff like that. Uh, so we were following up on that, and uh, through that emergency surgery, uh, they discovered that she had uh, 100% blockage uh, in her LAD, her left anterior descending artery, uh, that's also referred to as the Widowmaker. Um, so, you know, obviously this was not something that uh, we imagined uh, her going through before her 40th birthday, um, but we also understand, you know, the way that God works. So on uh, February 14th, she had open heart surgery, um, and we discovered, you know, part of God's, uh, the beauty of God's creation is that the arteries were actually um, trying to compensate for uh, the blockage and were actually connecting um, to keep her, uh, her heart beating. And so, you know, I just want to testify this morning, you know, that God worked in some incredible ways. Um, you know, I remember on uh, Wednesday, February 9th, about 2 o'clock, uh, sitting over here um, and just crying my eyes out. Pastor Mike came in and we prayed together, trusting that you know, God knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, because what, has, what was already going on in her body, now we discovered and we were able to, um, to address. You know, the way he worked in this was nothing short of incredible, nothing short of amazing, but that's the way God works. You see, because not only uh, as she entered the hospital was the charge nurse that first day, um, a family friend from Living Water, but all the way through, his hand was, was working over her. Um, you know, all the way th- through now, she's uh, 14 weeks post-operation, working through cardiac rehab with another member of Living Water uh, there caring for her and watching over her. Um, we've battled emotionally and physically and spiritually through this process, but God has been moving um, in Stacy's story, and, and I just want to give him praise. I do. I thank the Lord. I thank you uh, for, for being part of what God has, has done. He's worked through so many of you. Um, you know, we appreciate your, your prayers, your support emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, uh, in this picture, um, you know, Stacy was just like, you know, you can't keep me away from my family. I'm coming to church. Um, that was on her 40th birthday. Um, you know, and the picture right next to it is uh, cards that were sent from our children's ministry uh, to Stacy, and she loved those. Uh, it was uh, just fantastic for her uh, to be able to receive those. Um, you know, 
uh, you are our family, um, and that's what family does. Uh, we take care of each other, and I, I appreciate so much uh, the way that you guys have cared for us uh, over the past three months, so thank you so much. Now, um, over the, the next uh, several uh, family worships, we're going to be working through um, this amazing series, um, and part of this came out um, you know, as we together as a staff were working through what that could look like for us. Um, but a lot of it came also, um, you know, today out of me processing everything that God has done in the last several months for my family. Um, you know, if you follow Christ for any time, you understand that, you know, we're going to expect difficulties and challenges in our life. Um, you know, it's part of our sinful nature. It's part of, um, you know, the way that God works. It's part of the, also the maturity process. Um, sometimes God asks us to do things that are outrageous or extreme. Um, sometimes he leads us into demanding circumstances because he wants, us to, he wants to use us in them and through them. But when God unexpectedly asks us to step out in a way that jeopardizes our comfort or our life, we often resist. Even when we realize that he's asking us to play a role in his plan, a way that he's already working, you see, because it may cost us the, the life of a family member. It might cost us financial loss. It might just even cost us our comfort. It might cost us relationships. It might cause us to have to relocate to another state or stay home. But when we look at the entirety of Scripture, what we see is that there are many people who are moved by God to do extraordinary works. We think of guys like Moses, who led the nation of Israel out of slavery into the promised land. We look at uh, guys like Solomon, who uh, helped build the temple, was led by God to build the temple. Paul, leading the cause for the Gentiles to come to Christ. However, the promise uh, of our time during family worship uh, for, uh, for uh, this summer is to have character studies. Character studies on children, ordinary children, who are used by God through extraordinary faith. And so this uh, morning, um, I'm going to um, need some help from my uh, children or students to help me understand what an ordinary child looks like. All right? So uh, we need a reference point. So what I need is I need six volunteers. All right? Um, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do ahead of time because that wouldn't be fun. Um, so I need six volunteers. So I'm looking for, for help throughout. All right, if you don't volunteer, you'll get voluntold. So just be ready for it, all right? So I'm looking for hands here. All right, we're gonna look, look for hands first. All right, come on up here. Yep, come on up. Oh my goodness. I didn't even, dude, you've grown up. Wow, all right, so I got three. All right, I got another one, all right. So that's four. I need two more. How about somebody from this side over here? It doesn't matter age. You want to come up, sweetie? All right, come on up. Uh, Avery, come on up. Come on up. Come on, come up. All right, good. Poor Avery. <laughs> Mom's like, this one. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I've called you guys up here. All right, you can come up here with her. <laughs> all right, just stand. <laughs> all right, it's okay. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Is I'm just going to, um, in the next few moments, I'm going to uh, choose one of you guys to do something um, one at a time, all right, because what we're going to do is we are going to do a talent show. 
All right, we have to demonstrate um, what an ordinary child looks like, all right, and their talents. Well, I just, re- thank you for being up here. I just realized we have all guys, so thank you for being up here. Um, all right, but um, this is not a normal talent show. This is a no prep talent show, which means you had no way to be prepared for this. All right, so um, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna start at this end, all right? Um, so I'm gonna turn this on here. Let me grab a different one that's already on. All right, okay, so give us your name. Xander. Xander. All right, Xander, you're gonna come right over here. All right, and the first thing that we're gonna have you do, all right, is you're gonna stand here, and uh, Mr. Harry's gonna throw me something here. All right, you're gonna hula hoop. All right, you ready? All right, okay. Now, you guys get to help me here because we can't hula hoop to no music, so you ready? Ready? All right, there you go. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Hey, Xander, go ahead and stand right over here. All right. Just wait one second. All right. And what's your name? Caleb. Caleb. All right, Caleb. I am going to draw upon your artistic ability. All right. Because what I want you to do this morning, Caleb, is you're going to draw us a picture. Okay. Okay. Is this in your skill set? Yes. Yes? All right, what kind of stuff do you like to draw? Um, anything. Anything. I'm glad you said that. All right, so, um, Caleb, come on over here, and you can pick out your color. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to kind of figure this out, and in a second, I'll move on to Jesse. Uh, but as a reference point, I just want something very simple. It doesn't have to be extravagant, all right? Um, I did pick out a picture, though, that I kind of wanted you to do, all right? So it kind of looks like this. Very simple, all right? So, all right, here we go. All right. All right, you got it? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, um, let's see, um, and what's your name? Jesse. All right, so Jesse, um, for your no prep talent show, um, let's see, what comes next here? Um, I can't remember, so hold on one second. I was looking at the screen. Oh, all right, Jesse, this is a good one. You ready? I want you to tell a joke. <laughs> no, don't tell him. All right, okay, go ahead. Anytime. You don't know any. No. All right, knock, knock. Try a knock, knock um, joke. I don't know any. You don't know any? We're just going to stand here awkward. <laughs> hey, you made him laugh. Give him a round of applause. All right. Thank you, Jesse. This is hard, isn't it? I appreciate you getting up here. All right. Okay, so tell everybody your name here. Joel. All right, and Joel, all right, here is yours. All right, I'm going to have you sing a song. You don't remember any songs? We we just we just did worship a minute ago. I don't remember the down, down by the. Maybe you should tell a joke and Jesse said Shane. <laughs> I know I know a game in the song is for it. Okay, go ahead. Down by the banks of the hanky banky where the bullfrog jumps on the hanky banky east. Eyes. I forget that. All right, hey, that's okay. That's all right. Thank you so much. All right, Caleb. Caleb, how are we doing over here? Uh, he's like, I tried. <laughs> All right, good job, Caleb. Good job, Caleb. All right. All right, Avery. All right, I saved this one for you. You ready? Because yours is, uh, I need you to dance. Can you do that for me? Kind of, yeah, sure. Kind of. Now, let, let, me just, let me just set a standard here. Last night, I had Pastor Ben dance. 
It was not good. It was not good. All right, Avery, what you got for us? Think you got this? All right, come on. All right, ready? All right. <laughs> Woo! All right. Good job. All right. So Avery, come on over here. All right, sweetie. What's your name? Sophia. Sophia. All right, pretty name, Sophia. All right, so Sophia, um, this is a really easy one, especially for someone your age and dexterity. I need you to juggle. You ready? <laughs> okay, here you go. All right, you ready? All right, help, help her count down here. Okay, five, four, three, two, one, go, Sophia. Yeah! Wow, that was pretty amazing aim, too. All right. Hey, guys, this concludes our No Prep Talent Show. We want to thank you guys for participating. All right. If you guys go off this way, Harry has something uh, for you to be able to take home. So thank you guys so much. All right. You know, that's just super fun. All right. Um, you guys, this morning, we, we're going to be talking about an ordinary child who had an extraordinary faith. We're gonna be specifically looking at a young lady who we're very familiar with because of the supernatural work through the Holy Spirit for her to conceive a child, though she was a virgin. All right, we are gonna be talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And you might say, Pastor James, it's Memorial Day, it's not Christmas. All right, why are we talking about Mary? Well. Here's the reality. When it comes to Mary, there's usually two separate extremes that people go to. They either lift her up so much that she takes, um, that Jesus takes second place, or they fail to give her the high regard that she deserves. The Bible doesn't specifically state how old Mary was. However, however, we can um, understand through cultural context uh, and Jewish customs at the time that usually around the age of 12, a young lady uh, could become betrothed. And the longest that she would be betrothed it would be about two years. And so we understand that she was most likely around the age of 14 to 16. And it's hard to imagine anybody making, or, uh, for God making a, a more extreme request than what God asks of Mary. You see, as she went about her ordinary day, God dispatched Gabriel, his divine messenger, to announce that he had chosen her to give birth to his own son. And in spite of you know, this encounter all right, and, and, and the surprise, uh, surprising nature of this encounter, Mary remained composed and responded with humility, surrender, and praise. She must have known that she could have faced public shame but even though she knew all those details, she devoted herself completely to God's plan. And so today, as we look at this, all right, our, our boys and girls downstairs, our students are used to me sharing uh, a truth that I want them to walk away with. I call it our big idea, all right? And so our big idea for today is simply this. Am I willing to be used by God, whatever the circumstances? If you would, go ahead and open up your Bible we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 1 and reading from verses 26 to 38. 
Right? If, you have, if you don't have a Bible, there's plenty of Bibles around on uh, the end tables. If you don't own a Bible, please take that home. That's our gift uh, to you. All right, so um, as you find that, if you would, uh, we're going to stand uh, as we read in respect for God's word. Here it is, the word of the Lord. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. Now, thinking about this passage really uh, takes me back to my childhood, you know, especially uh, as we you know, come upon Christmas time every year. Um, you know, there was uh, a very specific image I have of Mary. Maybe you've seen it too, right? It's about this tall, and it's hard plastic, and it goes out on my front lawn, and it glows up the night, all right? It had uh, Mary dressed in you know, a blue cloth, and you know, her, Joseph, and baby Jesus were a light to all my neighbors for about you know, 35 days. No more than 35 days, according to my dad. All right? But what we see here is so much more than a glow-in-the-dark Mary. All right? What we see here is a woman who not only received the call, she answered in faith, and she lived a life of obedience. She lived a life completely in obedience to God, her father. Well, what do we know about Mary? Well, what do we ascertain from this passage? Well, first of all, she was a Jewish girl uh, from the tribe of Judah. Right, that was very important. Um, she was also a descendant of David. And when we look at uh, uh, later on in Luke 2, we see that she was a descendant of David uh, through his son, Nathan. We also see that she was a virgin and that she was betrothed to a carpenter named Joseph. All right, now, that idea of betrothal all right, is kind of a little bit like uh, when somebody is engaged, except in Jewish culture, all right, you would t actually take on and be committed to that person as if you were married, but you did not live with them. You did not um, you know, uh, reside with them. That betrothal period was kind of a getting ready period. What would they would do is they would uh, have the groom go and prepare uh, his home for bringing home his wife. All right, the bride 
would, uh, would uh, start to fashion her, her dress and all the things that would be needed for the wedding ceremony. And so, um, you know, the, the men and women uh, that were betrothed were fully committed to each other. All right, it was so extreme that during the betrothal period, a man who was betrothed could not uh, serve in the military. All right, and so, you know, they wanted to have that commitment that was there. All right, so we understand all that, but she was also from Nazareth. All right, now, Nazareth uh, was not the booming town that maybe we think it might have been. In fact, um, I found as early of a picture as I could. This was uh, from around 1877, around uh, shortly after the time of our American Civil War. Um, it was 70 uh, miles north of Jerusalem. It had a very low reputation, uh, so much so that in the first century, all right, the word Nazarene had a negative connotation. All right, somebody who was despised or looked down upon. Uh, in fact, even in John chapter one, when Jesus is calling together the, the disciples, one of the disciples, Nathan, all right, found out that Jesus was from Nazareth, and he's like, wait a second, nothing good can come out of Nazareth. All right, now, I don't know about you. I, I, I had a rival town when I was in high school, all right, I grew, I grew up uh, in Florida, but I lived for two years in Louisiana, all right, and I was, uh, st I was living with my brother outside of Fort Polk, Louisiana, western side of Louisiana, and I was from a town called Jeritter, all right, and we had rivals that were the next town over, all right, um, and we, they were from Leesville, but we called them Sleesville, all right, because we looked down upon them. They were not like us, all right, and so you can kind of imagine the way that people would have looked at the people from Nazareth. We also understand that Mary and Joseph were poor. We understand this because um, in Luke chapter two, when Jesus was born and they take Jesus uh, to present him in the temple, they offered uh, to, to the temple a peasantry, um, a, a peasantry offering. All right? So they were skilled tradespeople and they faced enormous taxes. All right? Not only did they face taxes from the Romans, they faced um, taxes from um, Herod, and they also faced taxes from the temple. And so here we see Mary, a very lowly young lady, and the angel comes to Mary and says, you are highly favored. Now that had nothing to do with who Mary was. Rather, that had everything to do with who God viewed her as. All right? She was a recipient of God's grace, not a dispenser of divine grace. All right? This had more to do with God's goodness than with Mary's. It was God's grace upon Mary's character that made her God's choice. Mary was blessed among women, not above women. But what I'm sure confused Mary for just a moment wasn't even just the angel appearing to her, but also what the angel said. All right, look at it again. All right, this is uh, out of Luke chapter one. It says this, and behold, you will conceive, all right, in your womb and you will bear a son. All right, confusing enough, all right, for someone who is a virgin, but continue on to talk about who this child would become. All right, you'd be called the son of the most high. All right, and that the Lord would give to him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of this kingdom, there'll be no end. You know, Mary understood this, right? But why Mary? It wasn't because of Mary. It was because of God's sovereignty. It was because of who God is, right? He chose who he chose 
for his purpose. And we see some insights into Mary's character. We start to understand Mary had a very close and intimate understanding of, of Scripture. All right, we see this because later on as Mary goes to spend some time with her, her cousin Elizabeth, she prays a prayer that inside of this prayer has over 10 references to Old Testament passages. So she was familiar with this. Look at uh, part of this prayer in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 50. It says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, uh, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary started to put it together as, the, as Gabriel is talking to her. She starts to understand. And then she starts to think, all right, the one response that she, that she gives is, now hold up a second, Gabriel, hold up. How is that gonna work? Because I'm a virgin, all right? How is that gonna work? She, she had never been with a man. She had, the angel had to explain her to her that the Holy Spirit was going to place a baby in her. And guys, this miracle is so fundamental to our faith as followers of Christ. As we've just finished uh, several, several weeks ago looking at Romans 5, let me remind you of this importance. In Romans 5, 12, it says, Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all have sinned. See, Adam sinned, and that sin passed to you and me through our human nature. But later on in verse 18, it says this, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, all right, that is, Adam's sin passed to all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification or being made right with God for all, uh, for, and life for all men. And so what we understand is, as descendants of Adam, we receive the nature uh, of sin, and we were recipients of this inheritance, not a good inheritance, an inheritance that has all kinds of consequences in it. And the way God chose to defeat sin and sinful nature was to have a man who was born of a woman conceived through the Holy Spirit to defeat sin and death through his own death. And that was Mary's calling. But what we see here is, is not just her calling, we also see that she obeys in faith. She was going to conceive a son. And there was all kinds of ways that she could have responded to this. She could have denied that God would use her. She could have thought she was going crazy and having visions of angels appearing to her. But we, re, we uh, see her response in Scripture in verse 38, where it simply just says, uh, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, what's significant is Mary could have responded in all kinds of ways. Even when you think of other ways that people responded. Do you guys remember Abraham and Sarah? When, Ab when Abraham was old and God had promised that uh, he would have a son, and Sarah uh, had an angel appear to her telling her that she would have a son, and what did she do? She laughed. All right. If we go back and we look just a chapter ahead of where, uh, I'm sorry, earlier in the chapter in Luke 1, we see that Elizabeth's 
um, husband, Zachariah, was told that his wife would have a son. And what did he do? He asked for a sign. And God said, I will give you a sign. You will not talk again until he's born. <laughs> All right, that is your sign. All right, when we think of guys who had been told that God would, would deliver them, we think of Gideon. All right, who laid a fleece out on the grass, asking God to wet the fleece but keep the ground um, dry. And when that worked, guess what he did? He said, make the ground wet and the fleece dry. All right, and so all we had to do was understand, all right, Mary could have responded in so many ways, but she obeyed in faith. All right, considering that, that Mary could have had all kinds of uh, repercussions from you know, th this decision. She could have lost her future. She could have lost her husband. Joseph could have said, all right, Mary's pregnant, all right, it wasn't me, all right, and so all of a sudden she has a life of shame without a husband, and no man would want to bring that shame upon herself, and so she would have lived alone by herself. She could have uh, faced public ridicule for being pregnant, even though, um, you know, even if she would have repeated exactly what Gabriel said, all right, she was pregnant, all right, and it wasn't Joseph. She could have been stoned. Right? She could have died as soon as they found out. And many women, out of fear for their own lives, concerned for the future, maybe concerned for friendships, wouldn't have wanted to be involved. But Mary didn't raise any of those objections or ask that her reputation or her life be spared. Instead, being obedient and submitting to God's will, all right, she went against what maybe her desire would have been, all right, to live for God. And so Mary was a great example of how we are to obey regardless of the outcome, regardless of the consequence. So Mary was called. She obeyed in faith. But she also lived a life, not just being the mother of Jesus, but being the mother to Jesus. She followed him his entire ministry. Think about, for a moment, all the times that Mary was, was mentioned in Scripture. All right, she mentioned taking him to uh, the temple shortly after he was born. All right, the wise men in her, uh, coming to her home. She fled to Egypt. Then she returned to, to Nazareth. She was concerned for when they could not find Jesus at the temple. All right, then um, we see, you know, fast forward to the beginning of Jesus' ministry when, when Mary was at the wedding in Cana and she said, Jesus, they're out of, of wine, all right? Told the servants, just do whatever he, he tells you to do, all right? That's like a mom, right? He's got it. He's good. She traveled with Jesus his entire ministry. And then we see her witnessing Jesus enduring intense ridicule, opposition, crucifixion, she bared this burden and this responsibility. As any mother would, she wanted what was best for her son, but she also endured great agony and pain watching her son suffer. But then we also see the last time that she's mentioned in Scripture, when she worships at his ascension, when she worships together, even with the disciples, those who are gathered on the Mount of Olives, Let's read it together in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 14. It's also going to be up on the screen. It says this, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. 
And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered in, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simeon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. And all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, according uh, to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And this is the last time that Mary's mentioned. You know, the other teachers that add to that, all right, that's human teaching. It's not God's word. She's not to be worshipped, but she shouldn't be ignored either. She lived a lifelong devotion to her son Jesus, to the one who was holy and set apart, the one who would call the son of the most high, the one who would reign on David's throne and his reign would never end. Now, you might say, Pastor James, that's great. What does that have to do with me today? Well, I'm glad you asked, all right? God is not calling you to be a teenage virgin, all right, to bear the son of Jesus. We get that, all right? But what we do see is we do see the elements of Mary's faith lived out each day. In a a book called Disciples Are Made, Not Born, uh, author Walter Henriksen talks about the principles uh, that established the church and moved the church forward. Right, and he talks about um, you know, what it is, the characteristics of faithful men, faithful women. All right, what are those qualifications? Well, the first two happen to be the same two that we see in Mary's life. All right, very simple. A follower of Christ, a faithful follower of Christ, adopts his objective in life to be the same objective that God sets forth in Scripture or God sets forth in his word. I've made my objective the same that God's objective is. When I come to faith in Christ, that is it. The second is this. He's willing to pay any price to have the, the will of God fulfilled in his life. And so we saw that in Mary's life. Mary changed her objective in an instant, all right, to be what God wanted her objective to be. Years later, Jesus said it this way to his disciples, said, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus doesn't say money or wife or fame or comfort or education or security. All right, he doesn't say any of those things. All right, he wanted us to have his perspective. And so as a faithful follower of Christ, what that looks like for you and for me is simply this. All right, in my life, I'm a follower of Christ who happens to be a pastor, a husband, a father, a coach. You can go on, you know, depending on what hat I may wear at that moment. You may be a follower of Christ who's a teacher or a contractor or a doctor or a business owner or employee. But first of all, we are a follower of Christ who are called to make our objective that which God sets forth in Scripture. And if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ, that's the starting point. All right? I need to reject my will so I can follow God's will for my life. And not only did she change her objective, she also obeyed regardless of consequence. Think about it. We might have real fears in our life when it comes to fulfilling God's purpose. 
We oftentimes have more questions than answers, but we can learn to be inspired by Mary's story. She leaned on God's word. She trusted moving forward, trusting that God's leading, uh, trusting God's leading and direction. And just as Mary yielded herself to the Holy Spirit, knowing full well that she would experience shame and misunderstanding, we're to do that today. Obey regardless of outcome, regardless of consequence. Now, as we wrap up this morning, one of the things that I have found uh, to be a beautiful experience is when we have the body of Christ learn how God is working and has worked in the lives of other believers. Downstairs, all right, on a regular basis, what that looks like is we have a time of application. All right, and for, for us as adults, we've learned to take truth from Scripture and internalize the application. We, we've learned to ask ourselves questions. All right, it might have been like, well, when I experienced this, what has happened? What does God want me to learn through these passages? But for our young people, all right, asking these questions as an application allows them to work out that truth, but it also allows uh, them to do that along with an adult. So here's what we're going to do. For the next eight minutes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you to come together with a few people around you. All right, don't sit in isolation. All right, but I'm going to put five questions on the screen. There's, there'll be way more than you can go over in eight minutes. But I want you to read through them. I want you to pick out maybe one question that you would want to answer inside of that time of, of, of conversation together. All right, this will be a good practice for you to get to know people around you. All right, it'll be a good, uh, a good concept for our children, our students, to be able to hear the faithfulness of God's people or the times that you've learned to be faithful through your life. And if you're at home, you know, I would encourage you to do the same thing there. All right, allow your kids, allow the other people that you're sitting there watching with or think through what those questions might be. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you just a moment all right, to figure out where you're going to go. All right, I know some of you guys right now are like, oh, the anxiety. All right, I get it. All right, but it's fruitful. It's an opportunity for us to engage with the church. This is our family. All right, and so I'm going to, um, at the end of our time, I'll pray uh, for our offering. We'll collect our offering and move on with the service. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you about eight minutes to do this together. Well, I'll tell you what, I pray that that, that was a good exercise for you. Uh, let me encourage you, right? These are the conversations that are so good for us to have and so good for, uh, for our children to hear us talk about, all right? And so um, as we finish up, all right, you can continue conversation, you know, outside in the lobby or whatever as, as we're done. But, you know, these are the things that we can talk about with people all the time when we're here at, at church as we gather together as the church. Father, we come thanking you for an opportunity to study your word. Thanking you for the example that Mary set for us as she lived a life um, receiving the call, obeying in faith, God, and following as a, as a lifetime of faith and belief in your son, Jesus. God, we thank you for an opportunity to, to read about uh, this in your word. God, I thank you for an opportunity to, to study together as a family, as, as your family, as your body, the church. 
And God, now as we uh, transition to receiving uh, a gift, an offering from what you've blessed us with, God, I pray that you would help us to be faithful with these, to impact this community, to impact the world as we follow, as we listen, and as we love people uh, that are made in your image. God, we thank you for an opportunity to be trusted, to, be, uh, to do your work uh, each and every day. So Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.